his letter read as follows, which writing letters is so timey. <laughs> like, oh, I found this guy who's dying. Let me write a letter about it. It was funny. He's like, nobody ever feels like they're in an old timey era. I wouldn't think. Right. You know what I mean? You're not like, there's got to be a faster way to get this done. Yeah. guys welcome back to couple goals with snm hello lohi sema we did it episode 32 32 also the spelling of lohi sema lohi semos and it has an s at the end mm-hmm. but i don't remember dora pronouncing the s maybe you don't in spanish i don't know spanish so i don't know spanish oh either. i get dose hmm <laughs> i feel like i should go back and watch rewatch dora i don't really know spanish grammar it's been 16 years. I haven't watched Dora in a while. Is she still on? I don't know, but they're making a movie, and Michael Bay was rumored to be in charge of it, but I guess that was that was just a rumor. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. <laughs> so Dora's, like, dressed like a hot slut because Michael Bay's in charge. <laughs> Dora's played by Megan Fox. <laughs> <laughs> Ew. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah. So we're not doing a news story this week, in case anyone was curious, because we tried. I tried to bring a new story with some emotional depth to it, and it didn't go well. It didn't go well. That'll be up on YouTube Maggie did not in case anyone well is curious. To my, my news story. That's, uh, yeah, we're throwing well, that. Well, how about this? Can I do a game review? Yeah, it's fine. Can I do a game review real quick? So the is it going to be Spider Man? It's going to be this new game called Marvel Spider Man. It's on the PS4. And. All right, let me, let me give some backstory. There's been a ton of Spider-Man games going back, as far as I remember, at least to the to the NES. And none of them have been great. There's been some. There's been some good games. I remember the Sega Genesis Spider-Man was really fun. Uh, what else was there? I had a Game Boy game, a Game Boy Amazing Spider-Man game that I enjoyed. I don't know that it was actually good. I don't think it was. It was a lot of walking. It was a side-scroller. But so was the Genesis one. But the Genesis one had some wall-crawling and stuff. It was pretty cool. Yeah, but the earlier First the, time. the earlier the games, the better they seemed because they were so yeah. new. But then, I'm trying to think, the first 3D one might have been for the PlayStation. It was made by Neversoft, the guys who created the Tony Hawk series. That was a solid game. Nothing great. And then came the Spider-Man movies. A couple years later, they made a movie game based on... They made a game based on the first movie, which was not good. I played through that one. Then they made a game based on Spider-Man 2, and everybody loves that one. That's the best Spider-Man game, supposedly, and it's terrible. It's fucking terrible. There's only one good thing about that game, and it's the web swinging. The web swinging is on point. It's physics-based. It feels really, really good. But the missions and the combat is fucking terrible. It's mm-hmm. and the graphics suck too. Like it's one of the. I don't know why people love that game so much. And then came Ultimate Spider-Man, which is good. It was a good. It was same developer Treyarch, the people who make the most popular Call of Duties right now. They made Ultimate Spider-Man, which was a comic book cell shaded game. Solid game. That's probably my favorite Spider-Man game up until now. And then there was a bunch after that. There was uh, Web of Shadow, Shattered Dimension. They all had their qualities. Again, none of them great by any means. Like, at best, Ultimate Spider-Man was a 7, and that's the best one they've had. 
now Insomniac Studios, who created Ratchet and Clank and Spyro. You love Spyro. And no. <laughs> I, I enjoy Spyro, but you say that every single time you talk about Spyro. Well, that's you. You made me go look for a Spyro game for GameCube. That was important to you when we got the GameCube that we have a Spyro. Yeah. <laughs> and the remastering the original Spyro trilogy. You'll be excited to hear that. Well, I am. I'm just elated. <laughs> There's like you grab onto these little nuggets of knowledge about me and you blow them up into. You love Spyro and Dynasty Warriors. Those are your two favorite things in the world. And Dragon Ball Z and like these little things. <laughs> and like last night when we were going to bed, he put on Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. The 1990 movie. The 1990 movie. And I quoted the whole movie. <laughs> I quoted two lines. Before the lines were said, she she said about the first third of the movie. I was, I quoted two lines. Two. No, I was born in that. I said, Pizza that. Dude's got 30 seconds. And what's the other one? I can get it back. I can get it back. <laughs> I love it and when you say that line. That's just because his delivery is so ridiculous. He's so a teenager. I said, I said those two lines. And you were like, oh, somebody's favorite movie. Yeah, you, you love it. It's and okay to admit so, it. It's okay. It's it's fine. Just so dramatic. So anyway, Insomniac Games, new Spider-Man game, PS4 exclusive. It has fantastic writing, fantastic uh, story. The web swinging is perfect. The graphics are gorgeous. The... The acting is great for for video. I mean, it's it's really good voice acting, good voiceover, everything about it. The missions are great. I mean, there, there's some niggling little things, some small things I don't really care for, but because it's an open world game, they have to throw in all kinds of little side missions and stuff, just to kind of, I guess, make the game feel bigger. So at one point, you're chasing pigeons down for for a homeless man. Yeah, stupid. And then there's also yeah, okay. segments where you play as Mary Jane and Miles Morales, who don't have any spider powers. And I don't like those segments at all because I don't like any non-spider power people in my Spider-Man game. You're, preferably. Like, you're like, that's like playing as yourself. Right. I don't I don't want to <laughs> I don't want to play that. That's that's not why I bought the Spider-Man game. Now, they're, they're very small segments, though. They don't take up a lot of time. But the character development is great. It, it's one of the greatest Spider-Man created things. It's it's better than the Sam Raimi movie trilogy. Okay. It's real and way better than the amazing Spider-Man, the Mark Webb movie uh, duo. I guess. What do you call that? <laughs> Mark Webb movie duo? What are you yeah, talking he, about? Mark Webb did two Spider-Man movies. Are like, they the Andrew Garfield ones? Yeah. The oh. Andy, Andy Garfield movies. Does he go by Andy? No, I just, I call him oh, Andy. Oh, holy shit. <laughs> I was like, wow. That just Am makes I, him so much goofier. I'm sure somebody calls him Andy. But anyway, it's a, it's a it's a great experience. I would give it I'd give it a 9 out of 10. I would give it a 10 if it, it didn't have any civilian segments and you didn't have to chase pigeons. But again, very small parts of the game. Unlike Spider-Man 2, which had this repetitive like they only had like four missions, like side missions and they would just repeat. And one of those missions was to re retrieve a child's red balloon. So you'd be swinging oh, through the city and this kid would be like, stuff. "My balloon!" 
and then you'd have to go and chase his fucking balloon down. Yeah, and everybody's like, the best Spider-Man ever, dude. It was not the best Spider-Man ever. Just had good web It swinging. was at the time, though. Um, no, I think at that point, the, the PS1 ver- Spider-Man was still better than, than Spider-Man 2. Hmm. I mean, it wasn't as pretty. It didn't have the web swinging, but it, it overall, as a game, it, it was better in my my estimation but yeah it's 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 the best game on the ps4 easily easily ps4 doesn't have a lot of good exclu- it has a lot of exclusives it doesn't have a lot of good games it's got like the new god of war is is good i'd give it like a seven and a half or an eight it's really good it's very pretty so i think people like it a lot and then it's got a ton of other exclusives that are just like mediocre god of war when it's like hey boy boy Boy, but yes, the, the the new Spider-Man game is great. So what, what do you have for us this week? You ready to go? Yeah. Oh, you want me to go first? Yeah. Okay, I'll go first. I've talked a long time already. All right, cool. So I am doing the death. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, because I really like fall. So I am already in Halloween mode. Yes. <laughs> because September 1 comes and I'm like, it is time for Halloween. Yes. So I'm doing the death of Edgar Allan Poe and I'm just trying to find my notes here in my here it is in my in my phone in my notes files because I do them on my computer and then I airdrop them over. So it takes a second. All right. So we're going to kind of go back to the life of Edgar Allan Poe, which was so long ago it was 1800s. So okay. we're going to kind of skim. Okay. There's not that much to go into. Selective history. He, he died at 40. So, I mean, it's not wow. like we don't have that much to talk about. I'm doing um, all right. I yeah, <laughs> you've outlived Edgar Allan Poe. Good job. He was born in Boston. He was the second child of two actors. His father abandoned the family in um, 1810, which is when he was a year old. And then his mother died the following year. So he was orphaned at two. Hmm. Surprised he didn't become a Batman. But... <laughs> He was taken in by John and Francis Allen of Richmond, Virginia. They never formally adopted him, but Poe was with them until young adulthood. Tension developed later as John Allen and Poe repeatedly clashed over financial reasons. Mainly his uh, gambling habits. Oh. Yeah, so... He also incurred a lot of debts over um, his secondary education. So he was trying to go to college and he ended up having to drop out of the University of Virginia because he didn't have any money. So he enlisted in the army under an assumed name. And that's when he started writing and publishing. And he came out with Tamerlan and other poems. Okay. Came out in 1827. I don't know what that is. But it was credited only to a Bostonian. Like, it wasn't actually credited to him. Hmm. Poe switched and focused his prose on basically a lot of um, journals and periodicals. And he really started to get his own style of writing. So he returned to Baltimore. He obtained a license to marry his cousin. Oh. So, September 22nd. He, uh, he gets this license. He's 26. She's 13. What the fuck? 
<laughs> but he didn't marry her until May 16th of the next year. You so know. it's incest and pedophilia. Cool. No big deals. Her name was Virginia Clem. And he, uh, they get married in the Presbyterian church. And they falsely attested to her age being 21. Even better. So the Presbyterians were like, it's fine that she's your cousin, but could she at least be 21? <laughs> A fucking adult. Right. Gotta love the church. The church has no problem just selling kids to just like, whatever. They're you, like, if you want a little slave girl? That's fine. You want a little sex slave no, girl? A little church, sex slave boy? The whatever. The church had a problem with that. They were like, she needs to be old enough. And he, they were like, oh, she's old enough. They were like, oh, is she your cousin? He was like, yes. How old was she? She was 13, but they 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 weren't okay with that. So they Poe lied and said she was 21. I understand, but you, you mean to tell me you could pass a 13-year-old off as a 21-year-old? People were dead by 40, so, like, <laughs> just they don't. can't really tell age. So the narrative of Arthur Gordon Pym of Nantucket was published and widely re reviewed in 1838. In the summer of 1839... Poe became an assistant editor of Burton's Gentleman's Magazine because, you know, back then, gentlemen read. Not ladies. <laughs> Dumb 13-year-old ladies. Because that's when you get married. Does that mean then. they didn't have lady magazines? Is that what that means? I don't know. They probably did, and they were probably all about shoes. Like crocheting and stuff. I'd read that. <laughs> like, well, it wasn't meant to be I, I just saw pejorative. Her. I just... <laughs> just meant that seems like something at the time. It would just be about like baking and crocheting. So he published numerous articles, stories, and reviews, enhancing his repu reputation um, as a critic. And he established Southern Literary Messenger. Also in 1839, his collections of tales of grotesque and what did how did we determine that word was pronounced? Arabesque. Arabesque was published in two volumes. He made little money from it and it received mixed reviews, but it contained several of his most spine-tingling tales, including Fall of the House of Usher and William Wilson. In June of 1840, Poe published a prospectus announcing his intentions to start his own journal called The Stylist. Originally, it was supposed to be called The Pen because it would have been based out of Philadelphia. And on June 6th, 1840, an issue of Philadelphia's Saturday Evening Post, Poe bought advertising space, and he announced the perspective of, pen, of the Pen Magazine, a monthly literary journal to be edited, published in the city of Philadelphia by Edgar A. Poe. So he was like, he was like, making plans, making plans, I'm busy. January of 1845, Poe published po his poem, The Raven, to instant success. I know that one. Yeah. I know The Raven, and I know The... Telltale Heart. Telltale Heart, yes. His wife died of consumption mm -hmm. two years after The Raven's publication. Hmm. And then so he died. What? So what was she, like, 24? Yeah, they were married 13 years. 14 years. 13, 13 or 14 years. Like 26 or something, yeah. Yeah. And he died in 1849 before being able to publish the stylus. Wow. How did he die? That's what we're going to talk about. So that was just a little bit of backstory about Edgar Allan Poe. Okay. We weren't meant to try and discuss his works. I don't. Sorry. 
I wasn't like, let's talk about the Raven and the Telltale Heart. <laughs> the only things I know. Yeah. I'm more of an HP Lovecraft kind of guy. I'm more of a, I'm really old and I, I don't <laughs> like, no. On October 3rd, 1849, Poe Poe was found delirious on the streets of Baltimore. Quote, in great distress and in need of immediate assistance. He was taken to Washington Medical College where he died on Sunday, October 7th, 1849 at five in the morning. Poe was never coherent long enough to explain how he came to be in such dire condition. And oddly, he was wearing clothes that were not his own. He is said to reportedly call out the name Reynolds in the night before his death, though it is unclear to whom he was referring. Some sources say that Poe's final words were, Lord, help my poor soul. All medical records have been lost, including his death certificate. The hell? So going back a little bit, uh, on September 27th, 1849, Edgar Allan Poe left Richmond, Virginia on his way home to New York to New York City. No reliable evidence exists about Poe's whereabouts until about a week later on October 3rd when he was found delirious in Baltimore at Gunner's Hall. It was polling day, just so you know. Like, that'll play in just in some of the possibles because we're going to go through a couple possible situations, but this is unsolved. Okay. There's no... There's no reason to how, how this happened, like how he died. A printer named Joseph W. Walker sent a letter requesting help from an acquaintance of Poe's, Dr. Joseph Snodgrass, which I don't know why that always... Snodgrass. Like, the snozberries taste like snozberries. Snodgrass. His letter read as follows, which writing letters is so timey. <laughs> like, oh, I found this guy who's dying. Let me write a letter about it. It was funny. He's like... Nobody ever feels like they're in an old-timey era. I wouldn't think. Right. You know what I mean? You're not like, there's got to be a faster way to get this done. Yeah. But yeah, like, oh, are you dying? Hold on, where's my quill? Right. Like, yeah. So he writes a letter, and the letter, the letter's still around. And there's like a Poe Museum. I'll, we'll talk about that guy later. But, dear sir, because it's old-timey. Yeah. And you gotta got to waste it. time with... Pleasantries. Right. Dear sir, there's a gentleman rather, I guess this is Boston. Stop the voice, just read it. <laughs> it's Boston, so they're like, dear sir, I don't know, I can't do accents. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> Get in the car. <laughs> there's a gentleman rather the worse for wear at Ryan's Fourth Word Polls who goes under the cognomen is that, how, is that, what's a cognomen? It's like a name. Okay. Of Edgar A. Poe, Edgar A. Poe, who appears in great distress. And he says, he's acquainted with you. And I assure you, he's in need of immediate assistance. Yours in haste, in haste, Joseph W. Walker. Wow. Like, that's how he signs it. He's like, hurry the fuck up. <laughs> but also, someone said, give me a raven. I got to send right. this fucking letter. Right. Like, yeah. So. He sent that on the 3rd. He was like, I'm going to send this letter. Dude, then four days. But he's like, I got to send this. Right. This fucking letter. So. Post. Post death is like a super crazy mystery. And 
Chris Semter is the curator of the Poe Museum, and he says he left us with a real life mystery. So some of the theories, there's a whole shit ton of theories. Some of them are dumb and I didn't even include them. But like the ones that I included, first one, beating. So okay. in, in 1867, one of the first theories to deviate from either like just a swollen brain or alcohol was published by biographer E. Oak Smith in her article, um, Autobiographical Notes, Edgar Allan Poe. And she thinks that he may have been beaten by a ruffian who just literally beat the shit up. Huh? I hear that word, I think it dazed and confused. Ben Affleck says that line when he shows up he's getting ready to beat that kid's ass with his paddle his fuck you paddle yeah the the kid's mom opens the door she's got a shotgun he's like oh I was just walking young Benjamin home here there were some ruffians about (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so sorry you're fine but like yeah so that's the thing there is like she she thinks that He's already unable to handle liquor, which is a known fact about Edgar Allan Poe. Him and his family just could not handle liquor. So like Roger Rabbit when he would drink? <laughs> just just <laughs> like him. Oh, okay. And he encountered some ruffians and they beat the shit out of him and, okay. you know, he died or whatever. So the other thing is alcohol. Like I said, known fact. Cannot handle alcohol. He got super freaking drunk. And his brain just swelled, and it was like, that was it. Because alcoholism can't kill you. Yeah. Um, cooping is the third one. So cooping is like voter fraud. It's not, has nothing to do with Agent Cooper. I know I love Agent Cooper, and I love to draw everything back. <laughs> not at all what I thought. <laughs> oh. Well, it's voter fraud. So he was found at a polling place on Election Day. Okay. In someone else's clothes. Oh. So the thought there is that someone was trying to kind of they didn't they didn't find out whose clothes they were nobody no, came forward and was nobody, like edgar Allan poe has my outfit they were like i think edgar Allan poe stole my coat yeah no no one ever no one ever did that he's wearing my what were they call them back my trousers my dungarees i don't know what they're dungarees are denim like yeah. they're like jeans they i don't think back then. They i dungarees. didn't hear not in like new york city and baltimore stole me trouser pants <laughs> my, my pantaloons. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to write a letter about someone stealing my pantaloons. Um, the fourth one, which is the four, final one that I'm going to, that seemed credible to me, because there were ones like heavy metal poisoning and all this. But they heavy like. Heavy metal poisoning? What? What's that? It's something that can still happen today. It's like lead yeah, poisoning. If you, if you go to like a five finger death punch show or something, that's what happens. <laughs> Sorry. Why are you staring at me like that? <laughs> that's heavy metal poisoning. It's like a shitty metal band that's very popular. Poisons the whole supply. It's bad. Shit-ass metal shows. Yeah. No, but uh, brain tumor is the last one. Okay. That he had a brain tumor. It was finally, oh, like, just pushed too much yeah. on his skull, and he was just like, Seems like I'm going crazy. Give me your clothes. Yeah. He wasn't British. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Our accents are all over the place. They're just, my like, vaguely just European like, <laughs> accents. My accents are such shit. <laughs> all of my impressions are garbage. But, yeah, the other one was like, it, it really... Oh, there's also murder. That was actually my fifth one. <laughs> oh. 
But the brain tumor one. So they tried. They tried. They exhumed his body because he was actually buried. Like in a mass grave, they were like, oh, wow. Yeah, they were like, fuck this dude. We don't know him. He's just Edgar Allan Poe. He's he's a nobody. Like put him. And so then later on, they were like, "Ooh, he's a somebody. Exhume him. (laughs) So they, they exhumed him and then they put him in a place of honor. But it was like two decades later. So he was all like, you know, dusty because of decay, you know, because. But so they tried to test his brain then. Well, the brain is actually one of the first things to decay. Like We know that now, but they didn't know that then because 1800s or whatever. Right. And they tried to test on his brain and they were like, maybe it's like, okay, well, there's no brain left. So what are you doing? Yeah. And then. The uh, murder is the other option. Now, this is a little convoluted, but I it's from this 2000 book called Midnight Dreary, The Mysterious Death of Edgar Allan Poe by John Evangelist Walsh, which sounds like a made up name. It could Evangelist? be Evangelist. Evangelist. It sounds like a made up name, I and mean, it could be because it could be a pen name. I don't yeah. know. I don't know this guy. But he presents this theory that Poe was murdered by the brother of his wealthy fiance. Because he was, so his wife died, and then he got engaged two more times. Once he broke it off, and then once he was actually headed back to Mary, like when he got back to New York City, yeah. after this, this business trip, he was going to get married to Elmira Shelton. Elmira was like a name that people had back then. That, that wasn't was like, just that Tiny Toons character? No, it was like, it wasn't just her. It was like it was like people named that. I always thought that was just a play on Elmer, Elmer Fudd. I didn't know <laughs> it's like a real. Well, it probably in real life is name, a, like a, a play real... on Elmer, uh, Elmer, Elmer and Elmira, just like, you huh. know, like Michelle and Michael. Like it, it is. Oh, yeah. But Elmer well, and Elmira are two, like two of the worst names ever. My Have you name... ever met anybody named Elmer? In real life, no. Yeah, it's just the glue. That's it. There's glue and there's Elmer Fudd. <laughs> just the glue. <laughs> there's Elmer Fudd and the, and the cow, the, the glue cow. <laughs> Which is weird because glue's horses. So I don't even know why they have Elmer. Do you have to use horse? Like, why is it? Why I'm sure there's. I'm sure cows there's. seem like they could be interchangeable in that process. Oh, no. I mean, I don't know. I don't know anything about glue I'm sure there's synthetic glue, right? Like, you don't have to to cook down horses. I don't know. I don't want to talk about this. Cross me out. <laughs> you want to hear this news story? <laughs> I wish we had got that reaction on film. <laughs> the camera shut off a couple minutes ago. For some reason, we have figured it out. <laughs> I have to. We're still troubleshooting the filming process, but we do film a couple clips. That's why you guys get what we call a clip show and yes. not an entire episode. Some clips. Um... Anyway, so using evidence from newspapers, letters, memoirs, Walsh argues that Poe actually made it to Philadelphia, where he was ambushed by Shelton's three brothers who warned Poe against marrying their sister. I wonder if one of his brothers was named Elmer. (laughs) Frightened by the experience, Poe disguised himself in new clothing Hmm. and hid in Philadelphia for a week before trying to head back to Richmond to marry Shelton. And Shelton's brothers intercepted Poe in Baltimore and Walsh postulates 
beat him, forced him to drink whiskey, which they knew would send him into a deathly illness and, you know, whatever. He died. So those are the theories. No. Now I'm going to end with a couple fucked up things I, I think about his death. Number one. One of Poe's professional and personal rivals, Rufus, Rufus, Rufus T. Barley Sheaf. <laughs> Sorry, that's a 30 Rock reference. Rufus Wilmont Griswold. Not better. Not better. <laughs> he wrote a lengthy obituary for his enemy that was so libelous that he signed it with a pseudonym. Holy that's shit. That's who they had write his eulogy. That's that's good. It's a good way to go. The article portrayed Poe as mad, drunken, womanizing opium addict who based his darkest tale on personal experience. Griswold expanded on this account into a brief memoir of the author. He distorted the picture of Poe and influenced popular opinion of the author for over a century. Wow. And even more fucked up in the 19 or I'm sorry, in the 1860s, medium Lizzie Doton published poetry that she claimed had been dictated to her by Poe's ghost. Oh, yeah. His fiance, Sarah Helen Whitman, who was after his first wife's death, but before his engagement to Elmira, hired a medium to move in with her because she thought Poe's spirit was still trying to communicate with her. Oh, that's sad. That is sad. That's lonely and sad. The whole thing is so sad. Like he died too young. It's unsolved. He, he died was, before he got any recognition for his right. Work. He didn't become famous until after he died. No, he was he was a huge talent. He was just dark and unappreciated, and it's a shame. And it's fall, even though it's not fall. But I still think it's fall. <laughs> we're, trying, we're trying really hard to just will it. I don't care to that it's fall. eighty degrees outside right now. Right. It is currently eighty two. Someone is mowing. Someone is mowing. <laughs> the sounds, the little white noise sounds that you guys hear in the background of all of our podcasts is because we're on a dead end street. Literally, there are only two houses. There's one across the street and one to one side of us. And someone is always fucking mowing their lawn. And there's nobody behind us. There's no one behind us. There's no one. It It's the weirdest shit. But it's, it's every is, day, though, too. Every we day. We record the same day every week, but every day I see or hear someone mowing. Seven days a week. Someone is mowing their fucking lawn that we can hear. And it's the most obnoxious shit in the world. It's 82 degrees. It is mid-September. And it is fall, in my opinion. I bought a pair of boots the other day. It is fall. I wore boots to work when I it bought, was 81. I bought jeans. I have jeans Sean now. bought jeans. Logan got jeans. Everybody has jeans. It is jeans weather. I don't care that it's fucking pushing 90. I don't care. It's fall. All right, Sean. What are you doing this week? I, I had a few ideas and I did research on a few different things, actually. Look at you. We're landing on something and I'm, I'm going to try something a little different here. I'm going to try to start an argument with you. Oh. Because <laughs> I think it'll be fun. For who? For I'm listeners. like instantly angry. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> like, go ahead. So have you heard of Comics Gate? No. Yeah. Why would you? So, you heard of uh, Gamergate, right, or no? It was like this big anti-feminine... I was going to say, is it an anti-woman thing? That was an anti-woman thing. I heard of it, like, Basically. I heard of it in that, that it was an anti-woman thing, but I'm... And then you heard of Pizzagate, right? The whole 
liberals are peeping children, but they're liberal. Did you not hear about that? That whole thing. I don't know. That they were, it was like a liberal pedophile ring or child slavery ring. That's what, what Pizzagate was. It was started by, yeah. Okay. Terrible room. I don't. All right. So Comics Gate, and I'm just going to sum up from what I think it is. <laughs> Actually, I'll, I'll receive a, this article here. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's like a cultural battle thing. And it's weird because I'm like, ah, like, where, where, where do I? St- All right. Comics Gate is bad. Let's just say that. Let me just say that to begin with, because I'm going to say some things that are going to sound like I'm somehow endorsing it because I'm kind of in the middle of the issue. I feel I feel some ways in, in some small ways. I agree. Mm-hmm. But in most ways, I don't. But it requires a lot of explanation. So I'm going to do my best. Basically, some comic book artists and writers, people in the comics industry, are upset about diversification in the industry. Yes, they're they're concerned about... Tell me more. Um, they're concerned about uh, how they depict women. They, they, who some of them who depicts women? Comic book artists. They draw like they draw them with like big tits, you know, real, real curvy bodies and stuff. So that uh, because of the the time we're in, that's considered. A, how do you feel about that? Do you think? Shit. Do you think comic book women should be depicted like, you know, with smaller, smaller boobs? I have giant boobs, so right? I don't care. That's the kind of thing. I was like, you have big boobs, so like, what about the big boob women? But you know what right. I mean? like, uh, is it that kind of discriminatory against fuller figured women? I feel like they should make an episode where the big titted women have to go shopping for bras and it's just a whole episode where they're like episode you mean a comic book yeah where they're like (laughs) crying and thing and they don't they're like they don't have their size and they have to go online and the bras cost 90 dollars and they're like oh that's 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 where my whole stance comes because there's everything seemingly now is you either have one stance or another there's no room there's no middle ground anymore you know what i mean so if you believe if you believe that that women are depicted in a way that's sexist, I just don't care. I, and okay, and that's fine. I, was I just don't you, care how they're how how they're depicted. No, I mean you can make them skinny, you can make them heavy, you can give them. Well, that's the thing though too. Is there are G's, you can give there's them double plenty, A's. Oh, there's, it doesn't matter. There, there's plenty of comics where that's not the case. There are women that look like all of those things. Right. It doesn't matter. Now, now the outfits, though, the revealing outfits, sometimes they have like skimpier outfits or their armor doesn't really provide. Their armor never seems to provide right. any kind the of armor protection. is kind of like, That's what That's just you? downright stupid. <laughs> That's why, like, OK, so we have a wedding that we have to go to Halloween weekend. Look at you, Megan. <laughs> I, I don't think you watch or listen, but I'm looking at you anyway. Um, so we're dressing a little bit goth, but still very pretty and classy. So... For Halloween anyway, we're still I'm I'm dressing as Jessica Jones because she is a realistic superhero. She wears jeans, a leather jacket and a tank top and boots because that's how women superheroes would dress. OK, there. See, I like that. And that exists in the comics world. That's, that's a thing. How they would dress. This is no why I'm in like, the middle on this stuff. No one's like, oh, you know what? I'm a woman and I'm a superhero. Where is my really tight-fitting because you know what when you get home what do you do as a woman you take off your goddamn bra you're not putting 
on the the fucking skin tight shit. You're not getting your cleavage out. You're not like, oh, if I could just get the things to push in here. No one's doing that to go fight crime. So you do have a stance then. Well, yeah, the costumes. You don't like, but not on the builds. I don't give a shit about the builds. Okay. Because people are built every which way. Okay. So you could have people built every which way. Yeah. Like, do I think they should have a more diverse build? Sure, but you know what? If you're an artist who can't draw that way, and you're better at drawing the an hourglass figure, then draw an hourglass figure. Like Rob Liefeld can't draw feet. Like, it's, <laughs> it's all gotten, about how you. A lot better. It's all about how you draw. But when you're coming to costumes, no woman is getting dressed. Just like, no man is putting on spandex to fight crime either. So that's a little ridiculous. Let's think. I mean, it, it does go both ways. Uh, you know, obviously, most male superheroes are super cut and built and yeah. also have form. But that's I guess that's kind of the male power fantasy thing. So that's I, like it, it, it's it's always weird. Now, the other part of it, too, is, is you know, uh, different ethnicities and stuff. People are having issues. And again, this is the more alt right right wing people have issues because and this is where I'm in the middle, because I, what I don't like is when they take an established character and then change its gender or ethnicity. I don't I don't understand that. I don't understand that. But I here's the other thing, though. But this whole movement, I think it's fine. I think it's fine to change an established character for movies. Yeah, because sometimes the casting makes sense. Yeah, sometimes it does, because yeah. you're casting to me, you're casting for personality. Yes. And the so, actor, what the actor, the, and the I, I agree with that, too. So I think it makes total sense to cast whatever ethnicity from whatever ethnicity in the comic book. So you could be looking at a personal color in in the comic book and change it to a white person. Oh, no, you can't do that nowadays. But but you can't. No. Okay, I understand. But you can't. Yes, you can't. <laughs> that's but and, and vice versa. Well, that's that's what the, this was the whole thing though about the hard stances because if you do that, you're a Nazi. Like that, I mean, that's no, that's just how that but is you're nowadays. Not. That's the stance. But it's you're like, absolutely oh, you, you did not. This, so now you're not. Because if you can do it one way, you can do it the other. I am. Listen, <laughs> everybody, calm the fuck down. This is just the internet again. These aren't. Re- I don't know who these people are on the internet though. Everybody, calm down. The, the, and then you got the other you got the other side that, you know, I'm trying to kind of make sense of the whole thing, because it seems like one one side's argument. OK, let's say the the rights argument is what they call forced diversification, which I think I take that to mean when a publisher says, when, you know, OK, well, let's change this character. Let me see if I can figure out forced diversification. Let's let's do that first. OK. So forced to, to let's look at Star Wars, which I understand it's not comics, but I, I still think it's the same idea. OK, it's when they killed off Ad, Admiral Ackbar, who is a minority. He's not right. He's not a white person. He's an alien. Right. To bring in Laura Dern, who's a woman. Right. Right. Yes. That's forced diversification. Forced diversification. I agree. So that's that's bad. Admiral <laughs> Ackbar was great. Right. He was. He was, he was he's part of the Mon Calamari diverse, race. Right. You, know, you, you never see Mon Calamari in movies anymore. Right. They never <laughs> get leading roles. Ever. But I think, like, forced diversification is wrong. Yeah. Because every role should be looked at as who's best for it, who yeah. would be the best fit. It shouldn't have anything to do with race at all. 
See, that, that's it, it's just kind of weird, like I said, because I can kind of see that. But then the, the left's argument, like the more liberal argument is, you know, there is no such thing as forced diversification. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like that's a made up thing that diversity is is real. It's a real thing in real life. There are diverse people. So therefore, that should just carry over into created works, which I agree with that. That's, too. that's true. That's 100 percent true. Right. I agree with that, too. And so that's what I'm trying to suss out is like, OK, so are the hard are the alt right dudes? Are they really like, do they really not want to see any more? black or hispanic or asian characters featured at all which is like i can't is that really a stance that seems terrible that's that's, i feel like we should go back to how movies were in the 80s and 90s where we just had people playing characters right and we didn't even well this is comic books we're not talking about movies we're not talking about movies i don't don't know how comic books were back then did you have people like characters of color back then? yeah okay not a lot but yeah Okay, then maybe just have a couple more. (laughs) (laughs) Have a couple more. Can we just do that? (laughs) See, and here's here's what I think should actually happen is, you know, they want this diversification in the in the books themselves, which, again, I'm like, is anybody actively combating that? And then on from the the right side, do they they really think that that comic book companies are really just trying to force out all white male heroes, which I don't see that either. I don't. I do see a push for diversity where they are trying to bring in people of color and more female centric stuff. And they have now. And this is what I don't like. is like when Marvel did the thing where they turned Thor into a woman and they. That makes no sense. And, they, and I don't mean they brought in a new Thor. Like, oh, I mean, I got, they, they made Jane Foster Thor, basically. Thor is Thor literally guy. a man. Yeah. Well, he, Thor. He's like he's he's a Norse guy. Yeah. And Iron Man became. Um, a, t- a teenage black girl from Chicago. But he's went, not. He's Tony Stark. <laughs> and see, what I would like is like, why don't why don't you just make a new character? Right. You know what I mean? Like, I don't understand why why we that's. Should, we should definitely have right. a black girl from Chicago do something. Exactly. We should have that. Right. She doesn't need to take over anything. But don't be Iron why Man. Would, why does she have to take over anything? Why can't she stand on her own two feet? She, right. She's. Uh, yes. That's that's what I'm trying to say. It's like, she and we've is, had that for years. She is legitimate. She should be standing on her own. She doesn't need to inherit something. She doesn't need anyone else's cred. She needs to be her own thing. Right. So I don't. I don't understand. I, I don't either. That it, the whole the whole thing's a mess. And that's like I um, said. And there's the the dumb. two hard point of views are like the people on the left are calling the all the white dudes Nazis. All the white dudes are are saying listen. that liberals are taking over everything. And listen. Listen, super hardcore, like liberal, like super hardcore ones. Yeah. They just get offended by everything. Yes. Like, all right, calm down. <laughs> and like the super crazy, like white dudes. Yeah. Like, all right, maybe. Well, there are, there like, are calm those. Down. Calm down also. Those guys. Well, that's the whole thing too. Is like, why does this even exist? Is my whole thing. Now, here, here's my problem with the, like the white dude side. This is why I could never actually, because I believe if their agenda their agenda was strictly just to say, "Hey, don't don't take established characters and just completely change them," but that's not their agenda. This is why this is why I have more of a problem with their side. This guy who started it, uh, Richard Meyer, here's a quote from him: "The issue with trans people is that I believe there's there's people who have basically weaponized their status and they've been put 
to this gatekeeper position because they're unassailable because of their trans status. Months earlier, Meyer and all his followers made it their mission to misgender and personally insult trans creators and critics on the grounds. This, this is why you can't side with these people, because that's that's their true agenda. That's what. Yeah. It's like you, you'd like to think it's just kind of a, hey, why, why do you have to? Right, why you got to take the shit we already created it right and, and change like it up completely but no it, it's it's actually that's malicious yeah and that's and that's what i don't understand though is like how could you like, take, listen like this is obviously not the same thing well, as misgendering mislabeling any of that but if i my name is margaret if i introduce, <laughs> if I introduce myself and i say my name is maggie and you call me margaret you are being an asshole <laughs> right yes not the same thing, but it's the same principle. Right. Don't be a fucking asshole. And that's that's my issue with that side. And but again, again, like I said, my, my issue with the other side is the oh this super sensitive nature of everything. Yeah. Where they feel that they do they need to change everything. Like there is an agenda there to literally just change what people are already enjoying, actively enjoying, and changing it over to what their agenda is. And I don't agree with that, though, either. But I don't either. I, and I understand that, to me, the 90s were a great time because they were a great time. Yeah. The 90s were great. Yes. I thought racism was over in the 90s. I, thought, I had I no too. idea. I mean, well, I mean, other than the Rodney King. Thing, right. But. That that threw some... The Rodney, the Rodney King thing was a big deal. I was like, hmm. But I really thought... I, I never... I just never noticed... Like, I mean, we you would go to the movies, you would go see movies with all black casts and Dude, no one cared. Eddie Murphy was Eddie Murphy was great. big. Like, Danny Fresh Prince Bel- of Bel-Air. Right, like all the um, weapon movies. That's when John Singleton, as a director, you know, he came out with Boys in the Hood and all that stuff. I, I saw a bunch of those movies in the theater, and I I didn't know I didn't, that I didn't that know. was... Uh, a big deal but it's yeah. like a big deal nowadays if you have a movie with an all-black cast and I, I don't know what changed i don't either and like i just didn't well because the people who were yelling about it were born in the 90s so they weren't there for all that <laughs> they were there for the good times they weren't there for, for <laughs> back when racism was over which, <laughs> which apparently it wasn't right but i didn't know it wasn't it was just in hiding i guess until yeah. the internet and then then it came back real strong until the internet, when everyone was able to be faceless, and then they yes. were just like, they were like all their inner thoughts. Then right. they didn't have to have their face tied to it, and it turned out everybody's an asshole. And it's like, why? Right. Why are you like this? Like we know, we know somebody who changed their name on Facebook just so they could be racist. We know an executive <laughs> at a humongous company. Yeah. Who changed his name on Facebook? Just so he yeah, could so be he racist. Can be racist on Facebook. Yeah, <laughs> like like holy shit. <laughs> that's disgusting. That yeah. people like that. Yeah, that's really strange. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah, but I, like, I just wanted my my whole thing though was just the, this comic skate thing. First, I think the whole thing is stupid to begin with because, like the whole the whole white male side, which again, which. They're accused, like, I talk about the left being super sensitive, but they're being super sensitive, too. You know what I mean? Both sides are being little sensitive bitches, basically. Yeah. About something. This Now, again, Marvel has done things I don't like, but at the same time, it's never been something like, oh, I'm not reading that anymore. I, I, I just, 
I just read what I like. I stopped reading Deadpool, this new run, because the writer sucked. It had he had no agenda. He just isn't a good. He's not funny. Is my like <laughs> I just stopped reading comic. If so, whatever the reason, you don't like Lady Thor. Don't read Lady Thor anymore. Right. You know what I mean? Like, do you need an agenda for that? Listen. And then what happens is, if that's a popular thing, though, that book will continue and people do want that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then, yeah. Now, all those books failed <laughs> because well, comic book fans don't want that. But you don't need a movement for that. You well, just vote with your dollars. That's what I was talking about with the with the the black girl from Chicago. Yeah. Right. Yeah. She doesn't need to be Iron Man. And she's not now. She has her own series. Called, Good. She's Iron Heart, I think is her name. And she has her own suit. Good. And that's and that is in the. How's it doing? I don't actually know. It's pretty new. Um, OK, but that's my thing is like they need to stand on their own two feet. These characters, just like all the other characters did. Here's what I think they need to do, honestly, in comics is they need to hire more diverse creators is the real issue. Like yeah. s- stop worrying so much about the fictional characters. Yeah. But bring in actual women Amen. and people of color to write the books and just and again then you don't get forced bring diversity in a, bring in a diverse writer writer's room it's and like artists and artists it's like what tina fey said on the my next guest needs no introduction yeah when david letterman said i don't think i didn't think women wanted to write for me and tina fey said oh but we did yeah so bring in women bring in diverse Diverse everything. Just yeah. bring in diversity. And then let them create. Let them create the characters. Let them determine. Or Raven Wright, just like they have, um, I forget, the, his name's like Todd Nahisi Coates. He's a really good writer. He's a, he's a black guy. He wrote Black Panther for a while, but now he's writing Captain America, which I think is cool because you get a different voice. You get a different take. Yeah, on that from that character. Yeah. So, And I think that's more important than changing the fictional you know these established fictional characters is it it's just as important so i don't know if it's more important but it's just as important you no, can't I, th- I think it's more important to bring in real people pay real diverse people get their actual opinion you know what i mean like have them develop these stories is important is more important than literally changing something that's been around for 80 years. Of course you're going to ruffle feathers if you take an 80-year-old character well, and no, completely change it around. You shouldn't be doing that. Yeah, that's no, what that's, I mean. That shouldn't that shouldn't be happening. I thought I had already said that I thought that was yeah. dumb and you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> like you shouldn't be turning Captain America into like anything else. It should it should be Chris Evans. No, you couldn't forever. you shouldn't turn Steve Rogers into anybody else. Captain America can be a lot of different things. Captain America okay, has yeah, been True. Okay, okay. Um, okay. he's Steve been Bucky Rogers. Barnes. He's been Sam Wilson and. OK, that's fine. But yeah. you shouldn't be turning Steve Rogers into anybody but Chris Evans. He is Chris <laughs> Evans. He will that's always true. be Chris yeah. Evans. Chris Evans is apparently Steve Rogers. Best casting ever. Yeah. I haven't even read the comic book, but no, I'm pretty it, sure. Great. I'm pretty sure they nailed it. It's great. But yeah, that's yeah. what I that's what I would that was my whole point of view is I don't like the changing of things either. And maybe that's just my old white manness. Maybe it really is. Yeah, yeah. I don't like, but again, I don't want to you don't want to see the Black Panther change to a white guy. That doesn't you know what I mean? You just That you would be infuriating. None of that <laughs> like, makes sense. I don't even like you that. You don't change static shock to a white guy, you don't change cyborg to a white guy. You you don't you know what I mean? Like right. it I've those seen are Teen the characters. Titans. I know. You know, it it's you, you don't why do that? Either create a new character, 
Yeah, but again, if you would just or bring in diverse. I think it's more. Yeah, artists. it's more important to actually go to the creators, the writers, and the, the artists behind and the characters. Get, get better voices there, yeah. basically. Yeah, and get their take. Yeah, so, instead of having a room full of white guys trying to figure out how to be diverse. Right. That's just, that's not gonna. That's not. Now at the same <laughs> time though, that it had to start somewhere, especially in the '60s. Like you know, Black Panther was created by two white guys, but that was that's because. Nice. But that's that was in, that was integral because. Black people didn't have much of a voice back then, well, you know. They couldn't, right? Right, that's what back I mean. Then, so you had to have, I've, you had I to read, have supporters. I read the help. <laughs> like, I know. <laughs> I didn't read the help, but you had to have advocates outside your race, right? You know, to, to you have to, to have allies. That. Yeah, exactly. You have to have allies out there, right? Uh, but at the same, but you know, nowadays, you, know, you, you, I mean, well, you still need allies or whatever, but you can just hire people. There's, you know, creative people. Well, you need, everywhere. Because after so many years of that type of environment, you have to have allies. Otherwise, no one else will come up ever. Right. You know? Yeah. So Because the white guys ran, did run everything back then. For I so mean, many years. So you, you had to have people on the inside who were like, wait a minute. Right. Let's do a black character. And yep. so, and But like I said, nowadays, I mean... You, you could just you could just hire them, and they and honestly, that's what that's happening too. Though I have a lot of comics that are penciled or written. I'd say I have more written I don't by know what women. Penciled means drawn. Okay. Uh, there's more female artists I'm noticing on my artists or on my credits. Uh, female writers like Gail Simone is a big one. Uh, she did like Batgirl and Wonder Woman. Uh, briefly did like a, a short run on Deadpool and stuff like that, but. I don't see a lot of female writers on, but, but that's that's changing now though too, and I think that's a good thing, you know. To, to if you're going to have a female character, why not have a female writer, you know? Like, yeah. Why not? Why yeah. why wouldn't you? So I I do, and that that but again, like I said, the the whole comics gate thing, the you fact that it exists. Jones. Uh, Brian Michael Bendis. <laughs> uh, but he also create. I mean, but he's but again, you need advocates. You know, yeah. he created, and that's how he created. He didn't create her in some skimpy suit or anything. No, he created. He was he, like, she was a down-to-earth. He's like, she needs jeans, a tank top, and a leather jacket. Right. She was the like, anti-hero, yeah. truly an anti-hero all the way through. Uh, he also created Miles Morales in the Ultimate Spider-Man universe, which is the uh, half black, half Hispanic uh, Spider-Man. I know who he is. But uh, oh. but again, he didn't. Listeners, that's right. Yeah, that's right. There's, <laughs> we have an audience. So, he, he, uh, but he created, what's cool about that is he created him, the ultimate universe was created in comics for new, to bring in new readers. And also be, because like comic books can be intimidating when you see like issue number 628 and you've never read comics before right. of, you know, and it's right. 628 of Amazing Spider-Man. And then you open it up, and you're like, I don't know any of these people except right. Spider-Man. So they did an ultimate universe. It was like a reboot and they brought in fresh writers and so they started from scratch. So Spider-Man actually ends up dying. The Ultimate Universe was introduced to bring in new readers without all that convoluted history. You didn't have to know any of that stuff. So Peter Parker ends up dying in the Ultimate Universe, but Miles Morales had been bitten by a spider, and he ends up taking the mantle of Spider-Man. And now they've, you know, they do this a lot in comics where they, you know, they have uh, multiple universes. They've brought Miles Morales into the 616 universe, the the main Marvel universe, basically. But he's not replacing anyone. Yeah, he's just... He's also Spider-Man. And he has a different suit. 
There's just so many Spider-Mens. So, yeah, and that happens a lot. It's like, uh, it's like season one of uh, Kim Schmidt. Yeah. <laughs> that Spider-Man musical. And all the Spider-Men. See, that's my, my take on it. Like I said, it's it's a weird take on Comicsgate because I don't want to... I don't want to support a movement that I, I don't agree with. But at the same time, like, I can see a little bit of their point when I say that I don't like when they they just change things just to change things to appease a special inter- interest group. And But then the other side, like I said, their point seems, you know, they want diversity in comics, which, of course, is, is a fine thing. But they, the whole thing, I guess, a lot of the whole thing started because they didn't like the way an artist was drawing women. They called it over-sexualized, and, which has been going on for years and years. That's why I wanted your point of view on that. Like, how do you feel about the depict the, the artistic depiction? Shape of women? I don't care. Well, not necessarily just the shape, but like, you know, their poses and their costumes and all that kind of stuff. Do you think that needs to go away? That's how it's always been. And I know that that's the, like, number one reason why... Like when people say, "Oh, you shouldn't, you shouldn't say the same," just because that's how it's always been. Like right. you know, that's why things fail or whatever. But also, that's how comics have always been. You can't get offended by it. Does it? Does it need to be updated? Probably. Yeah. Should you be offended by it though? Because that's how it's always been. No, it's not offensive. Yeah. It's not. It's not offensive. Would it be better if women were wearing jeans and just hanging out and being women? Yeah. Yeah. You'd probably have more women readers. You, you'd reach a wider audience. If women weren't just sitting around being like, oh, gee, look at me and my. Well, they're not being like, I mean, there's still, you know, you got Wonder Woman, you got Power Girl, Supergirl, Spider Woman. Look at Wonder Woman's Spider outfit. Spider Gwen. I'm promising you, no woman is designing that and wanting to wear that on her own. <laughs> I understand that they're like, Wonder Woman's thigh jiggled in the movie and why that's so important. Like, Jezebel, Is that a real thing? Jezebel had an article on it and was oh like, my God. why Wonder Woman, why it's the big deal that Wonder Woman's thigh jiggled in the new movie? It's like, mm. okay, well, she still has a 4% body fat ratio, <laughs> so I don't care. They're not you putting know? Rebel Wilson in as Wonder right. Woman quite yet. Like, like, everybody calm the fuck down. And I would never put that on. Like, if I was going to fight crime, I'm not putting that on. <laughs> Very clearly designed by a man. Do you know what I'm putting on if I'm going to fight crime? Pretty close to what I'm wearing right now. Do you know who created Wonder Woman, though? That guy? There was a story. They made a movie about him. He had a... You know, it was back in like probably 40s or 50s, so this was real taboo. So, but he had like a, a polyamorous marriage. He had a he had a wife, and his wife had a girlfriend, or they shared a girlfriend or something. So they made a movie called Wonder Women or something. I guess she was Wonder Woman was inspired by his wife and and their girlfriend, or his wives or something. But what does that have to do with the chick fighting crime? I don't know. I was just telling you where where she came from. I don't. What does the invisible jet have to do? What about I the lasso of truth? Is oh, BDSM? Lasso of truth? I, oh, I, don't, I didn't see the movie. <laughs> I saw the trailer. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't actually. I've never cared for Wonder Woman. I don't really like DC comics for the most. I like Batman. It's about as far as it goes. I like some Superman stories. I like Plastic Man a lot and Lobo. But Plastic Man and Lobo don't even have ongoing series. 
All right, we're done. <laughs> Housekeeping. Buy our shit. Send us money. Unmarked. <laughs> unmarked bills. Unmarked unsequential bills. No, just kidding. <laughs> um, I don't really. I'm not even doing housekeeping this week. It's chill. It's like, subscribe, back. share. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Usual stuff. If you are that super cool fan in Ireland who keeps uh, listening every week, hey, guy, what's going on? Or, hey, girl, what's going on? Hey, person. Hey. <laughs> yeah, hey. we have that. How cool is that? That somebody in, like, we don't have a lot of listeners. But to know that somebody in as far away as Ireland every week downloads our show. So shout out to you, Irish listener. Hey, what's going on? We like you. You're cool. Anyway, uh, we have our, our Facebook group if you want to join that. Yeah. Facebook pages are dead. We're still putting up our episode every week. But yeah. They are dead. They're I'm just dead, saying dead, if you, you want to converse, if you want to offer your opinion on this comics gate crap. And also, we'll have a video up. So, video content, clip shows, and sometimes it's stuff that we don't share elsewhere. But yeah, the, but the, the Facebook listener group, though. Facebook listener group. If you guys have, like, ideas... Well, I guess we are doing housekeeping. <laughs> um, if you guys have ideas on what we can do with video content for Patreons, like pa- Patreon patrons, let us know. Like, we'll happily, like, go live in Patreon and chat with you guys, which, you know, we can do stuff like that. If you guys just want to do, like, our paid... You know what? Never mind. I think I figured it out. Our our weekly Patreon episodes that we do, I think we'll do a live stream of... Not a live stream, but, like, a video stream of that and throw it up there for you guys. Um, so, yeah, that's everything for this week. Bye. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. We love you guys so much. We'll call you in five minutes. Dude, you guys, it's like basically fall. It's like almost Halloween, which means it's like almost Christmas, which means it's basically 2019.